This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number nine, Before I Forget. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Hello. To another Save Eureka. Boom, 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 <laughs> This time we watched uh, Before I Forget. Before I Forget. Yeah, and you know what's really ironic about this episode? A lot. I couldn't remember watching it. <laughs> yeah, I That's know I did. Wrong. There's this vague sense of familiarity. It was kind of funny. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, "That's kind of meta." But, is it but, just me, or is there like a theme in these early episodes of people being utter bastards and like robbing people via their memory and their their reality? See, this is what Carter's brought in for. Is that? <laughs> You know, season one Eureka is apparently full of corrupt bastages. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had forgotten how dark some of this stuff is. I mean, early on. Yeah, early on. And, you know, it, it could be portrayed even darker than it is. But at its core, these are really some bad people. Really oh, evil. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, last we, week we had. We get we to had... see Henry like punch the guy, but that's about it. I mean, <laughs> I, I like that. Moment. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, last week we had the guy who, uh, when his wife decided to leave him, made a copy of God. her that was slightly more submissive, and uh, and slightly, then, yeah, and then yeah. Had, <laughs> and then had a kid that was six months younger than his wife, and then you know, okay, so we had that guy, right? And now we've got the uh, guy nine who, months, nine months. Oh right, or, or so, like oh sorry, yeah. sorry, <laughs> my my bad. And then, and, and now we've got a guy who literally is robbing people of their ideas and their memories, and and hence at the, I mean that's scary on a really deep level because not only when you when somebody robs you of your memory like that, they're robbing you of your reality. You know, you're like the the the, the to have you know any kind of freedom, you have to be, have the ability to make decisions and implement them, right? And we usually think yeah. of freedom as taking away your ability to implement them. But here, we're taking away the reality on which you base those decisions. So all of the decisions you make are no longer your own. Yeah, I could see this plot and this particular crime and all its complexities being made into a movie, like a, yeah. a you know, like a Minority Report type thing, like <laughs> a dark sci-fi thriller or whatever. You and see, Minority Report is 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 makes you afraid of taking away. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like it's makes you you're afraid of being uh, of somebody taking away your ability to do the thing. Like you'll be judged before you do it instead of doing it. This is like a level even earlier than that. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't comparing plots as much as sorry. feel. You know, but no, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. That's cool. I, I can see this type of crime being the focus of a major motion picture because it's when, when Kim shows up at the end and she's don't mess with Kim. Yeah, it's like don't yeah. don't screw with Kim, man. She gets that look in her eyes and you're like, oh my god, you Ooh, know, Kim gonna kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, and I just I felt like there was a depth, there was a potential there that could have been if this weren't scary. eureka it could have gone way darker <laughs> that's right <laughs> i love how she wouldn't have she reveals at the end that she wouldn't have killed him anyway she was just gonna like mess with him yeah let her know <laughs> i just turned it down a little bit oh really punch <laughs> <laughs> are you armed no good <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome you know, it's interesting. Um, I was thinking about the Midsummer Night's Dream thing. And one thing that Shakespeare loved to do was plays within plays. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, and I was thinking about... Oh, all the, the irony. Yeah, I was thinking about all the parallels with uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream in this. And I, I had to go back and review because it's been a long time since I read it and, uh, and thought much about it. But uh, one of the things about a Midsummer Night's Dream is that a whole bunch of really odd kind of surreal stuff happens and people aren't really sure what's real and what's not. Yeah, the jetpack scene doesn't quite uh, have the same oomph as uh, in, in the book, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shakespeare kind of jumped the shark on that one. Yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, I mean, Zoe as Puck, you know, I have more to say on that, but, but basically Puck at the end comes up and those lines that the guy, the original Puck kept forgetting that Zoe keeps filling <laughs> in for him. Um, those lines are, if we shadows have offended, think but this and all is mended that you have, but slumbered here while these visions did appear. And this weak and idle theme, no more yielding, but a dream gentles do not reprehend if you pardon, we will mend. So basically it's saying to the audience, wow. if you didn't like what you saw or if this made you uncomfortable, just consider it, it not having happened, that it was a dream, that you were dreaming, and that, <laughs> you know, this part of the play was not really real. Ouch. And yeah. uh, anyway, um, but the the thing about the play is that it is a comedy. It does end in a double wedding. And um, <laughs> well, that's important because and, and a lot of people know, get screwed around. Either that or everybody dies. Right. A lot of people get screwed around and there are some kind of dramatic, sad moments. But there's always this reassurance that the audience feels in the play that everything's going to be OK in the end because, you know, it's a comedy and they keep bringing back characters that lighten the mood to let you know things are OK. And I feel like that's Eureka. <laughs> like this could have been very much a minority report, like freaky oh, yeah. sci-fi thriller. But because yep. it's Eureka, you have a safety net or you, you feel that even even early Eureka, you still know. When they made the joke, like we're being pucked with, that was <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was good. so Eureka, that so was cool. Jack. That was nice. I do think it's uh, interesting uh, that we're three episodes in, and the saga of Henry's relationships getting fracked with has already begun. Oh wow, you are not kidding there! Holy crap! I I had forgot it was this early <laughs> that he starts getting mind fracked. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That wow. guy doesn't have a life. Everything about no. his life has been manipulated. He is completely bowed. He is a non-person at this point. Poor Henry. You know, I had forgotten all of this, and it makes it seem, you know, we know what happens later on <laughs> with Kim. It makes it seem way more tragic now that I remember all this. Like, oh, my God. Wow. I mean, think How many about times it. Can, can she get ripped away from him? Three times. <laughs> actually exactly so far. three times you are technically correct sir. so far i don't know in season five what might have happened you never know they probably wrote her back in and out a couple more times he's on titan <laughs> <laughs> she and grace get in like a hair pulling fight <laughs> i mean wow yeah poor kim yeah, poor Henry. You're absolutely she right. She was a cool character. <laughs> I know. She is, though. She is a I cool know. character. I was like, they should have brought her back more. Because I remember like the whole thing about yeah, her, her dying. Yeah, that would be great for Henry. Stuff. Well, I remember the, the stuff when she dies later on. Sorry, spoilers. But um, <laughs> uh, at, at the time, so I remember thinking, wow, that kind of sucks. But I didn't really know much about Kim. But now I'm kind of piecing it together. And I'm like, man, she could, you know. She was pretty cool. It is. It is more on, you know, on the second watch through here, you do get more out of that because early on she, they just, she's just been introduced. Like in this one, you don't really think as much the first time through because you don't know anything at all about her. As far as you're concerned, she's, oh, she's guest number two of the week. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and now though, not, I mean. Now you know there's this deep history and past and future and sideways timeline or whatever you want to look at. <laughs> at the end, when, when she shows up with the device, you know, and, and in the room where they're about to do the test, and, and, and you're like, oh, she holds don't, it up. don't screw She's like, Kim. talk to the device. Yeah, talk to the device. <laughs> yeah. Um, all I could think of was her later on in the episode where she comes back essentially as like a, a supercomputer. And like, I can kill you with my brain. <laughs> you don't want to mess with her. Yeah, this this was I, I think this was already starting to establish kind of uh, well, you know, we've got to talk about uh, Zoe, you know, I mean, because we're starting to this is the first time Zoe just arrived, you know, and now she we're starting to see her interacting and, and being herself. And it was kind of fun to see how right from the start she was somewhat, you know, distant. She was upset about their past and so on. But right yeah. away. You can tell that she's okay. She's not a bad kid. She just, there are some issues, you know? Zoe has potential. Yeah, I think that even over the course of this episode, we see her go from, you know, irate and frustrated to kind of understanding of her dad. And, and quite rightly so, because Carter is, is he's, he's not quite in full dad mode yet. Yeah, that's right. He's still like, oh yeah, I remember your plan. You were a tomato, right? 
cucumber. cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I think that that's a good point because, you know, as much as I want to always take Carter's side because he's Carter and we love Carter, looking back on this, you know, he he wasn't the best dad a lot of well, times. He, he's still, they've still got to work through a lot of their past where they were separated for large amounts of time. And like he said in this, is like work was crazy back then. And he's he's trying, he's still trying to make excuses for his past. That's right. And they haven't really talked it all through yet. So it's, it's, it's something that develops over time, really. And that's the problem is not that he messed up in the past, but that he's still trying to make excuses for it. And when she says she expresses to him, this really hurt me that you never were at these things and you never knew what was going on in my life. And and instead yeah. of saying, God, I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you that way. He says, oh, come on. You know, you you would just sit there and look like, you know, or you know what I mean? He's kind of like, yeah. who would want to go see something like that? And I thought, but, God, that'd be like a knife in the heart coming from your dad <laughs> when you're this little kid in a play and, and he doesn't even come. And then later on, he tries to say, well, it was stupid anyway. Yeah. And to, to contrast that, though, during this episode, he's trying to help her out. He's trying to to extend the olive branch and, uh, you know, do something nice for her with the costume and everything. And, you know, he he does go to the play at the end. So it the, yeah. the he, he he's trying to current Carter is trying to make up for past Carter. And it's it's just taking a while. Think but this and all is mended. I'm offering you an olive basket. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> I was waiting for you and you didn't, so I thought I would. No, I, I think it's kind of interesting that, um, you know, clearly neither Zoe nor Carter are 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 bad people, you know? I don't think that, that either of them, like, what, screwed up the relationship. It's stuff like this just kind of happens, you know? Like, he had to work a lot. She wanted something different, you know. Um, she had a life, you know, and he wanted something different from it. And and it's sort of like it's possible for people to grow apart that way. And it's cool that they ended up in Eureka that kind of changed their dynamic enough that they can grow back together again, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know if I'd say simply that she wanted something different. But, I mean, when she was a little girl... It's not what she wanted as much as what she needed. Every little girl needs to no, feel like... No, I understand like, that. No, I yeah. totally oh, you agree. Mean, with... You mean as an adult or as no, a I teenager? Mean, I mean that that life deals situations and and families a lot of times are stressed because of that. And it's not that anybody is wrong necessarily in the family. Um, and it can be. I mean, there are situations, obviously, in families where somebody's being a jerk, you know? But But there are also a lot of times situations like that where... The, the, you know, the, the crap that life deals you, deals the family, doesn't allow what everybody wants to happen to really happen. But again, yeah, I, I know. I know. Or however you want to look at it, you know. And, right. But and, again, if he, if he understood that and kind of was swept up by it, he should have had the sensitivity to say, hey, I know that this hurt you and I never meant that. Instead of saying, well, work was crazy. What are you going to do? Well, he, you know? he, he's still... You know, all everything he does right now is uh, shooting from the hip, right? Yeah. It's just kind of uh, gut reaction, and uh, it takes a while to reprogram that. I think they both clearly have, have you know, issues from, from all that time. You know, yeah. there's a lot of negativity, yeah. and, and they both want to fix it, you know? He, I think he feels defensive around her. And because, she does, too. Oh, yeah. Him. But, I mean, I, th I think that he feels defensive around her because he doesn't realize how much she needs him. And how much he needs her. And, and he just sees this like uh, alley cat coming at him with all her claws extended. Yeah, and he's like, I, I hey, think man, that applies hey, to both know? of them. Yeah. yeah. I really do. They're, they're actually very similar. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> which is cool. I love, though, how he, he gets kind of upset about the costume, the way he, you know, loses time or whatever. And it's like, crap, I have her costume and she's going to be mad. And she totally would deserve to be mad at me. And, yeah. and at the end, he brings her the flowers. You're like, yay. Because now you, you see that he's really in touch with her as a person and not just this scowling Just teenager. know him. I don't, I don't think he ever... He doesn't treat random people that badly, you know? I mean, he's the, he, he tries to... He's one of these guys, and, and as a character, you know, obviously he can be this way. Nobody in real life is this much this way, right? Where he, he seems to get, try to give everybody a shot, you know? 
Uh, he seems pretty amiable. It's just all of a sudden, like when he meets uh, what's his name, the the the, the douchebag stealing everybody's uh, uh, sir, not appearing in any future episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Hopefully, I kind of wish that you know it had been. You'd think in a place like Eureka, they would have a great solution for that, which would be to take him out and lock him in a facility somewhere where he'll never see the light of day ever again. That was kind of... Juan, did you think that was weird, too? Like, at the end, they're just like, you better catch that check because you're not getting any more. I'm like, really? That's... That <laughs> I'm, I'm, is his punishment? That's his come up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the federal government would want to go after him. <laughs> oh, one. maybe that's it. Actually, I thought about that because I had the same thought. And then it occurred to me, you remember that... Everything that happens in Eureka, and we don't really think about it because we're always in the Eureka world, yeah. but, but it's totally cut off from the real world. Like when somebody right. leaves Eureka, like you remember uh, when, when, when Old Spice you know, had, leaves Eureka in season four, at the end of season four, right? He gets, they have to create a persona for him. Because he's in this black program and just doesn't exist. Now, of course, he doesn't exist because he really didn't exist, right? But right. you assume that everybody's kind of that way. Like, I, I remember they mentioned in season three that, that when somebody is redacted, you know, when somebody is, like, removed from Eureka, they literally have to create a background for them in the real world like so that they can go get a job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because everything they've done is secret. So it occurred to me that he might be... We, we, we treat him like he's famous, like, oh, yeah, everybody knows you. You're that great scientist guy, right? But in reality, I think it might be that he's known within this secret circle that way. Who, well, who? maybe it I don't remember feels his name, so Alter. very opposite. They, no, the guy from this episode? Or, yes, or old the guy space? from this episode. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, maybe it feels just so opposite from, like, the Chuck universe, where if, if you do anything wrong, you get locked in a concrete bunker for the rest of your life. Well, I was just thinking that it's so similar. I'm surprised that doesn't happen. I assume it does. You know, we just don't see it. Right. And I kind of wondered if maybe that's what happens to him. Like, you know, instead of locking him, I'm sorry, I, let me back up. Instead of locking him in the, my first thought was, why aren't they like Chuck style? I, I, just like you said, Juan, why aren't they just locking him in a cage forever, you know, and throwing away the key? And then I thought, right. maybe they're doing the next best thing, which is they're kicking him out of the secret area and not rebuilding his background. So essentially, he's this oh, guy crap. that supposedly <laughs> has all this, except now he has no skills because he's been stealing them from everybody. He has no history of having done anything. Anybody that he's ever done anything for is going to deny that he did anything for him or that they have any recognition of him. So he's pretty much just boned. He's going to be working at a Whataburger, right. basically. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> he's going to be starting from scratch, you know? Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. I, I can <laughs> that does pretty much. Suck. I still think it might not be bad enough for him, though, considering what he did to people. I, it's I, like that that Doctor Who episode where that companion gets that brain implant and then gets uh, abandoned by the doctor for for trying to steal secrets from the future. And he's like, you know, with that implant in your head, you're going to have to have lay pretty low in life. Otherwise, the uh, government's going to want to be hacking your brain open. Oh, and, uh, yeah. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Wow! <laughs> he just, Bye. you know, kicks him out, moves <laughs> on. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of screwed now. Wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, I and I think that's maybe where they were going because it's very eureka as to like essentially screw this guy over in the worst possible way, but not really do it too visibly, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. well, I mean, and, go ahead. And I, 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 the, the. General rule with this guy is that he seems to have gotten lazy stealing everyone's secrets anyway uh, and everyone's uh, intelligence. So even if he wanted to try to make a name for himself outside, he probably couldn't because he doesn't have the skills. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's not exactly. really that smart. He's literally he's qualified sneaky. to only work at the Whataburger. Yeah. <laughs> not to insult Whataburger well, employees. And, but yeah. and, and to assume that he does have some skills because... At least up until the point where he stole the device from Henry, he must have had some background to be in that cool place with Henry. Right. So, but, you know, it atrophies after a while, right? Like he's he, at the like very decade, least he's yeah. way back, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, totally. I'll admit I would have felt better if he had gotten more cock punched from the whole thing. You know, like he had, <laughs> like it had been Chuck style where they're like, yeah, he's just never going to see the light of day again. And we would, I would have been like, 
All right, that's cool. <laughs> Did anyone else, when we saw his license plate, it was like NID, expect to see like Ronnie Cox getting out of the back of that limo? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's make a deal. <laughs> that is awesome. NID, why is that familiar? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Ronnie Cox. Like that's... new international douchebags or something. <laughs> I love how all all the cars have Eureka plates on them. Yeah. I actually had a thought this time. I'm like, since when he came to visit, I wonder if they just stop him at some point and like make him swap the plates out, you know? (laughs) He's sitting on the side of the highway with a screwdriver going, ah, God damn it. It's going to rain, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean there's a Eureka DMV? There must. Yeah, of course. (laughs) All staffed with geniuses. Well, who knows? I mean, you got to kind of assume GDI. that. GDI. <laughs> yeah, you got Line so long it passes through the uh, the cafe's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I want that cafe, man. Don't you wish there was like a... I want a friend like Vince. Holy crap. Make me a costume. Here you go. It's <laughs> like amazing, like Broadway level costume. <laughs> Watch out for the tentacles. <laughs> like, how did you so have time said, to do that? Insert Peg Beta into slot Epsilon. What, yeah. the, what the hell? <laughs> Poor Carter. That was awesome. Now this, uh, it's funny because, you know, we think about like, like trying to analyze what happens to this guy. I mean, we're reaching into season three, season four, trying to figure it out. You know, back when I first saw this, I didn't even think about it. You know, I don't don't remember thinking about, well, I just thought, oh, he must have just walked out of there. Oh, bastard. You know, and this time. I remember you also didn't know a lot more about Eureka either, right? Oh, true. Neither did they, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like they were writing it as they went. Funny that. Go figure. That's cool, though. It's good writing when it fits together in hindsight. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, you go yeah. back and you're like, wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, I think the continuity of the series does hold up really well. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot uh, tighter than, like, say, first, gen, uh, first season, next gen. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I, I figured out what, what was bugging me about uh, Sarah's voice in the first season. What's that? Uh, Neil, Neil Grayston is doing... The voice of the Enterprise computer from Encounter at Farpoint. Oh. Lieutenant Commander Data located on the hatch on your left. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of overly treacly. Yeah, Riker's like, "Uh, thank you. He's like, you're welcome, Commander. And would you care to enter? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And later on, it kind of... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, enter, all right. (laughs) It, yeah, and later on, her voice kind of normalizes a little bit. Like, all night long. Yeah, well, it gets more of a personality. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but at first, it just... As is she. That's... What, that's, that's <laughs> yes. That's no, true. I'm sorry. I wasn't kidding that time. There's like... A, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, because like we talked about before, Sarah develops a lot, too, because Sarah really is kind of like a one-off and then is sort of integrated and then eventually gets a Sarah episode and then becomes a character in the show. And the voice kind of goes with that. Right. Sorry. The one's like, screw you. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I agree. I just, my brain kind of derailed for a moment. Yeah, I'm you- on vacation. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you can't tell we're short on sleep or anything. Can you? Uh, no, at the end of the week, huh? <laughs> I was uh, when I was looking over the Midsummer Night's Dream stuff. I was trying to see if there are any other uh, interesting parallels, and I thought it was cool that Zoe gets this role of Puck because Puck is like pretty much the most important character of the play. Actually, there aren't any like obvious main characters. <laughs> but in in the original play, there's just this huge cast of like a dozen people, and not a single one of them is kind of the obvious hero. So a lot of people consider Puck the most important person because he kind of plays all angles. And uh, anyway, the cool thing about Zoe's Puck is just like the original, he's a trickster. So some of the things he does, he has these kind of magical powers and some of the things he does are nice and some of them are like pranks and some of them are not very nice. 
Um, and I thought it was kind of a cool parallel to Zoe because, you know, she's a, kind of a prankster. She's sort of a smart aleck, you know, but she's a good person. And, and Puck is fundamentally a good character, even though he does these kind of tricksy things. <laughs> tricksy fairies. It's funny, though. You, you, I, I see your point because, I mean, we, we were introduced to her as a runaway in the first in, in the pilot. Right, and then right. in in the second episode, first full episode, she uh, she just kind of arrives, and we don't really At the end, yeah. all we know is that she was either sent or ran away or something, and showed up with uh, you know, and showed up to live with Carter, and that's it. Right, and right. all of these are very much like you said. She's sort of like acting out, and 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 now we finally get to see her, and and we find out that she's really not that bad. You're right; there are a lot of parallels, aren't there? Yeah. I thought it was great too how she takes this drama class and Carter's like, yeah, how many classes do you get to skip or whatever? She's like, <laughs> one every day, but <laughs> plus geometry, yeah. And she's like, but I love drama. And I thought it was funny how in that scene she's acting like a normal kind of you know punk teenager or whatever. But right before she walks out, she corrects Carter and she's like, by the way, a tomato is a fruit. And I thought, <laughs> you know. It's funny because in a way, Zoe tries, in, in the beginning anyway, she's trying hard not to be smart, but she's really smart. Huh. And her yeah. intelligence keeps kind of emerging despite herself. And I love that. You know, I mean, and she's going to later on realize that she can be herself and be smart and be cool at the same yeah, time. And, and that's the start of it is that now that she's in this environment that's encouraging uh, and uh, rewarding intelligence, then... Uh, yeah, she's she's slowly starting to to open up that side of her. Yeah, she's coming from an environment where the intelligence doesn't serve her well socially at all. And she's yeah. just kind of a ball of anger and um rebellion, you know. So I love Eureka's like a great place for her. I bet that happens a lot more than we think, you know? Where you because you're right, intelligence often confused with knowledge, you know? But yeah. but in reality, a person could be very, very intelligent and not exposed to certain opportunities to learn. Right. And you might not necessarily know, especially if he or she was encouraged socially to hide it. Oh, yeah. I think it does right. happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of goes both ways, too. Like, uh, there's there's a lot of people that can absorb a lot of information but are are kind of lacking on the comprehension side. Right. Like they might not be good at kind of synthesizing it or coming up with interesting perspectives on it. They can memorize a lot or they can retain a lot, but they can't really do it's much. It's not the it. hard drive. It's the processor. <laughs> is, is that, and, and that's the definition I've always kind of heard is that intelligence is like the ability to connect things and to see patterns. Is that, is that where you guys understand it to be? I think yeah, it, that, that that fits into the intelligence category definitely. Yeah, I mean, I would say seeing patterns in the broad sense, not necessarily yeah. like oh, yeah. mathematical patterns. But, no, no, that's but what I mean. Seeing connections or seeing, uh, yeah, they test it like via a variety, like most IQ tests in, include a a lot of different ways to see patterns. Some of them mathematical, some of them uh, spatial, right, and some right. of them like. You know, and and all, but that's what they are, isn't? Aren't they? IQ tests are kind of a mix match of a whole bunch of ways of connecting things and seeing patterns. I think so. I'm I'm not really familiar with how they make those. No, me neither. Hmm. Now I'm gonna have to go look because I just wonder. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought that was interesting because I've seen IQ tests that have a lot of those. Like they'll give you an image like uh, some kind of polygon or whatever. Which one is the, oh yeah. Yeah, right. which one is the, you know, if this were flipped over a 90 degree, you know, or like over a vertical line, what would its reverse image be or, you know, right. or stuff like that. And Or here's a series, what would the next in the series be? Right, and you can, you can see how that would matter, but at the same time, you can also see how people who couldn't do that stuff could still be really intelligent. Right, it, that, I think those tests are te testing a very specific type of intelligence, and that's like yeah. pattern recognition and uh, but yeah, in, basically in the logical data analysis, sense, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. See, I think that the the general IQ tests are a mix of those. They're they're not just right. one kind. There are a bunch of different kinds to try to right. scatter across. So if you're not good at one, they still catch it with another one. You know. Right, yeah. The, the example that we were talking about, though, is very specific to right. just a certain type of intelligence. Well, I mean, like, I remember, you're, well, you wouldn't have 
taken the ASVAB. You would have. I took Audra. the ASVAB. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, I, I don't have any ASVAB. Yeah. It's a, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's a, a type of standardized intelligence test that they give people in high school to determine armed uh, services, vocational aptitude. How good you'd be in battery. the military. Bing. Oh, ASVAB. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Is me, this something huh? you take like when, when, like for you, Chuck, when you turn 18 and have to register for <laughs> no. service? No, it, it, yes, it was did. after that, actually, in oh, senior okay, year okay. of high school. But I took it, too, and oh, I, I was okay. under the impression that I had to take it. And they, they yeah, kind of they vaguely do that. said... It's, I, I actually remember this. I'm sorry, but it, it's a very strong memory because it was my first understanding of the different ways that you could be screwed by the fickle finger of fate, right? <laughs> um, okay. It's true. And by screwed, I really mean, you know, the well, other word... Misled. That's that rhymes with, you know, that the, it's actually is alliterative with fickle finger and fate. Um, in, anyway, the way it worked for us was they said, we're taking the ASVAB from this de- time to this time. And you need to come to this room and not bring anything in, you know, the standard stuff. And I'm like, is this test optional? I'm like, yes, this test is optional. I'm like, okay. Uh, where do I go if I don't want to take this test? Because I don't really want to take it. And they're like, you will go in this room and sit. And I'm like, what do you mean? And can I do my work? No. No, you have to go in this room without, you have to show up without anything. And then if you don't want to take the test, you sit in the room for two hours. Or you can take the test. Wow. Wow. It was their way of saying you're going to take the test. Yeah. And I remember uh, they presented it to us in high school as this kind of, um, you know, I I don't know. It was one of those things where my teacher said, yeah, you guys are going to be taking this, blah, blah, blah. And I could sense something was going on like i could sense that my english teacher who told us about it was not pleased was not really pleased but they didn't say hey you don't have to take it right so i was like all right well i'll take it because i i was like kind of a go-getter in terms of grades and i wanted to i was not well i wanted to like get good grades on everything and show that i could do well and blah blah you know and i'm like well whatever it is it'll make me look good for college so i'll do it you know right and i was so angry afterward because um i don't there know was if I, a lot of practical crap on it yeah i don't know if i've told I the story that. before i'm sorry if i have, I have a but, story with it too go ahead but yeah I, they had a lot of sections on things like um electricity and circuits and mechanical uh, stuff mechanical stuff there's a whole section and i remember there were things like they'd show you a, a segment of like a car engine they'd be like what is this yep you know it'd be like carburetor <laughs> you know cadillac converter spark plug you know and they'd ask you all these things and you would think, you would think that I would know that stuff, but I didn't because that's, that's not stuff that I You're learned like, in school. It's not fair. <laughs> well, this was, this was a real kind of like slap in the face for me at the time because it occurred to me that, you know, the guys, the guys in my class who went to the vocational school mm-hmm. and who smoke pot all the time and mm-hmm. didn't study at all but who spend a lot of time working on engines and tinkering and stuff, they did great on this test. Yeah, here's the trick. And I I was really, like, upset at first because I felt like, and and I took it as a kind of a, an insult, like a, a gendered insult. Like, this is something that all guys know how to do because their dads show them this stuff. And I don't have this knowledge, and it's not fair because I look dumb. And, of course, I was I was wrong on so many levels. You know, I just want to make that clear. I yeah. was, my reaction so was the funny stupid, thing is, is number one, it is a vocational aptitude test, right? So, right. So technically, they're not expecting people to know all of it. They're expecting them to know some of it, and it's going to tell them which parts they're good at, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's part one, right? So it really isn't bad. I mean, even those guys that uh, that knew all that because they worked on their car or something, they're going to do really well in that section, but they might blow the electronic section, you know. And the guy that tinkers in his garage with electronic, you know, in his shop with electronics, is going to get the electronic stuff and probably doesn't know squat about cars or something, you know. And so everyone gets screwed. Well, so every, what it does is it tells them, it tells the recruiters what you can do. Sure, yeah. So yeah. I, okay. Yeah, so then this goes to the recruiters, and then they try to recruit you for specific things that they think you'll work well for, right? And the funny thing is, my I have a funny story with this, because I really did not care when I went in. I was like, yeah, whatever. But it was just this incredible luck, I guess, which did not help me. You came out of this way better than I did. I just want to, Audra, I just want to say up front because what ended up happening was like on the, on the, 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 like that section with all the automotive stuff, 
like a lot of it nobody would get it was just really obscure stuff and and like in a bunch of cases the random ones that i happened to get just happened to line up with something i saw very recently like i remember they showed they showed a carburetor gasket and and it was just a drawing a line drawing of what is this you know what uh, what part of the car does this go with and it, it was a carburetor gasket but it was a single barrel carburetor like you know, well, you probably anyway. Bottom line is, it was it was an unusual looking carburetor gasket. But a friend of mine had a Volkswagen that had one just like that, and he was rebuilding the engine. I happened to go visit him like three days earlier, and I so saw it was just one that, on chance that you were able to answer that question. Yeah, who the hell would you know? I mean, almost no one would get it, and I just happened to have seen one a couple of days ago, and that happened like a whole bunch on it. If you'd have given me that test at a different day or different time, I would have missed a whole bunch of it, right? And and the same with the electronics section. Like, I was kind of interested in ham radio, and I had been looking at some of it, and some of it was right there. And then there was the section on math, and this is funny. Um, I asked the person, because I was mad that they made me take the test, right? So I was sitting there, and I'm like, they do a, a – you remember that math section where they give you all the simple math questions? There's like 100 of them, and you have like 30 seconds to do it or something. And, and I, I don't know. I don't really remember. You're not supposed to finish it. They want to see how fast you can calculate, right? I've done tests like that, yeah. Yeah. So um, I asked the guy, he said, okay, the rules for this are because they read them off the thing, you know, and he's like, you have to, you can do all these various, uh, you, you, you mark them. And when I say go, uh, you have to, you have to turn over the test paper. And I'm like, you can keep writing on the answer sheet. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I won't bubble them in. I'll just mark them and then I'll bubble them in later. Right. That'll be faster. And then I realized that they don't actually take off for you getting the wrong answer. It's not like the SAT, you know, where you get you get a point for getting it right and you lose a point for getting it wrong, right? So I just filled the rest of it out randomly. So what ended up? <laughs> so they give you points just so for doing it? So statistically, you did better than even you had time to. Exactly, because there were 100 <laughs> and they expect you to get like 20 or something. And I, I got probably 10 or 15 and then i i filled out the rest figure i got a third of them you know or a fourth of them that right that seems to go against like why would you give a test where it didn't matter if the answer was right or not well i'm i'm guessing they just didn't think about it all the way through it never it didn't matter to you them think or, that the u.s military would think of something yes, like you that would. <laughs> I know, it's kind of scary isn't it but so anyway when i got it back i i aced it like i mean i had an almost perfect score on it and it was it was bad. Okay, this is why. Number one, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, because then they're not going to leave you alone. Exactly. And what ended up happening was my phone, my mom's phone, really rang off the hook with recruiters, especially the Navy, because they had this deal at that specific time where they're trying to get people to train to work on nuclear subs, right? Right. And so they decided. And you're oh, like a young eighteen year old guy. Perfect. Who, yeah. Perfect category for them, you know. So they just like bang, bang, bang. You know, they were just calling every day, and it was bad. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, this is not what I want to do. No, they weren't rude or anything, but it was just it was freaking very persistent. It was really weird. Yeah, it was not a good experience. Yeah, I, I had wanted to say that the reason my reaction was so stupid at the end was that I was just bent on yeah. the idea of getting a high score on a standardized test meant that you were a smart person right, and that's right. what it meant and and that it, you know people were going to look down on me or something it was just it was dumb because and they encouraged that you yeah know. yeah yeah and and what it meant i mean was that my phone rang off the hook too and i didn't even do that well on it i did really well in a couple of areas you know which like, is what they were looking like for. the abstract area, <laughs> or the ones that lined up with my education you know all the other, you know, the cars, the electric circuits, I just bombed all those. But they rang my phone off the hook for a little while, too, and I talked to them, and I didn't realize, I wish someone had told me, hey, just tell them no, they're trying, you know, I didn't know what was going on, so I talked to them, and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, I, you know, at the time, I wanted to go to music school, and they're like, well, you can, you can be in band in the military. We have lots of people. <laughs> what do you play? Sax? You know, I, you know, we have sax players in the military. You can be in marching yeah. band. And I just- and you can no matter what I said, he's like, you can do that in the military. And I'm like, this is creepy. And, you know, both, of, both of my parents were in the Navy. So I, I didn't have like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it didn't seem like a bad thing, or, but I didn't want to do it. And I had a hard time telling him no. And eventually I, I was able to tell him no. But um, yeah, they're but that, not, that was they're not bad. They're not rude. They're just very persistent, like you said. Yeah. I, I If I could go back in time and talk to myself at that moment, I'd say, look, 
you know, standardized tests measure different things. They don't measure... What does this one measure? They don't measure how valuable <laughs> a person you are, okay? Right, so if right. you do, you know, poorly or, or well on this test, who cares? You know, and yeah, I just, I had it all, I had it all jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's funny though, because I'm I just thinking about how, how those kinds of things work. Yeah, the, the closest type of that test that I ever came to, I think, was a uh, one that I took either in 11th or 12th grade that uh, was actually a provincial evaluation of the school. So they were testing all the grades. Oh, yeah, right, right. So there was that kind of math portion of answer as many of these as quick as you can, blah, blah, blah. But the, the, the most memorable part about it that just made me laugh out loud at the time was I was going into this going, okay, well, I'm going to do as, best, as good as I can. And then I come to the English section. It's like, write an essay on what you would do if you had a dinosaur as a pet. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? That's awesome. I can just oh, see, I can just see Little like, Juan going, Little Juan going, this is acidine. <laughs> no, 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 I was thinking of Little Juan sitting there thinking really hard. Oh, my God, what's the right answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm imagining little Juan going, well, first of all, I would try to give myself a reality check since human beings and dinosaurs never existed in the same millennium. I, I just go into the chaos theory thing for yeah. me and Malcolm and Jurassic. <laughs> Life fights away, bitches. Yeah. I would, this ain't going to work, and here's why. <laughs> I would sit down and explain to my pet dinosaur how stupid it is to ask <laughs> questions like this on a standardized test. What the hell do you think you're going to learn from people? <laughs> and then my dinosaur would tell people like you. <laughs> Signed Juan. Exactly. Juan, did I catch an Americanism in what you said? Did you say 11th and 12th grade? Don't, don't nice. Canadians normally say He's like doing it. He's grade doing 11, it. grade He's 12? translating for actually it's the TARDIS. Oh, the TARDIS. Oh, got it. Got it. He actually said grade 12, and it came out as 12th grade. On well, the, you on know, my... coming down there in a little while, I have to kind of acclimatize myself. <laughs> wow, that's almost as bad as the chick on Warehouse 13. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying very hard. Oh, her accent is awesome. I love listening to her. It is. It's fun. It's like, I'm... It's like listening to someone from... You know, someone who was born in like Denmark, who moved to Minnesota, trying to do an accent Actually, it's from not, Louisiana it's when they've bad. never been there. It's just, it's just <laughs> over the top, which it works for her character. I just, right. I just don't. I'm not bitching about it. I just think it's funny. It's very extreme and very purposeful, which is what you sounded like. One, which is why it was fun. <laughs> I don't know. Between this one and the uh, the Obama one from the other week, I'm not sure I'll be allowed into your country. <laughs> Well, it depends on uh, how good the surveillance is. If they've heard this yet, they may not, you know, they may just keep you here. We'll see. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, Aww. it could be worse, right? <laughs> yeah, if if they kept you here, I think the you know, the three of us would have to scoop up the cats and escape. You know. Cuz yeah, we want to we want to be where you are, but I don't know if I don't know, man. <laughs> it can be pretty scary around here sometimes. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's an interesting place. But. I, I was pulling into campus yesterday, Chuck, when I met you, and uh, the, there was a car in front of me that had a bumper sticker that said, I do not believe the liberal media. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. But I'm like, you forgot to put the word exists at the end. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, uh, we have a call this week. Call! Oh! Hi guys, this is Moon Pearl. I was on F This Week last week in the chat. Long time listener, first time caller. I was just recently re-watching the pilot episode of Eureka and I had forgotten that Jack Carter's birthday is the same day as mine. And what Kevin said about it being on a Tuesday is true, it was a Tuesday is one of the reasons that I immediately like the show and Jack Carter. And uh, it's been close to my heart and um, I've loved watching it ever since. I really appreciate you guys showcasing it in your podcast and I'm enjoying doing the rewatching. So um, keep it up. Thanks. That's cool. That would have been fun if... Serendipity I, for you. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome if, like, you always remember things like that. If somebody, yeah, like, yeah. shares yeah. your birthday, you're like, whoa. Yeah, it's true, because I, I felt like I 
I have met very, very few people who actually share my birthday in my life, and I do remember when I meet someone. Now, when you say birthday, too, do you yeah. mean like her, where it's like same no, day I or mean, same I mean, same even just day the, of the same year. day of the year, yeah. I, I've met almost no one. But yeah, that's cool. She, she's like, that's what drew me to Jack Carter. Plus, he's hot. <laughs> 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 or she she subliminally suggested it. I think yeah. he's like he's like that guy. I, I like him because he seems like that guy that you'd enjoy having a beer with, you know? Yes. You know, it was so funny. Uh, a couple days ago, Colin Ferguson tweeted something about, I guess he'd been away from uh, Facebook for a while and then come back after they, you know, did their latest round of changes. And uh, he tweeted something like, okay, Facebook, how about not like capital N-O-T changing my settings without my permission? Okay, thanks. And it was so <laughs> funny because when I read it, I could hear him saying it like Jack, you know, like, how about not doing this? <laughs> you know? He loads the pages like, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of us have ever done that with Facebook, right? <laughs> oh, this can't be good. No. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> See, now that's what you need. You need a GPS programmed with his voice. Yeah. Instead of root recalculating, it's, oh, that can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> Turn left well, here. Well, for a while. But there's a lake. <laughs> wasn't it the, yeah. the TomTom that would let you uh, make your own and upload it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that oh, would, see, that would be tempting. Cool. Except who needs those things anymore when everybody's phone has a GPS? And, and not to bring out the obvious one, but, you know, obviously the Sarah GPS would be cool, too. Hell, yes. Actually, you know what would be even better? I love that. The Gladys G- GPS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just, like, abuses you the whole time. It would be awesome. That would be awesome. Turn left here. I don't care if there is a reservoir. You deserve to die anyway. <laughs> That's too <laughs> no direct. No one loves you. Your parents tried to give you up in the first place. Why not seal the deal? <laughs> That's too direct. It would have You're to be... You're going the wrong way. Are you trying to turn me into a potato? <laughs> yeah totally yeah it has to be like subliminal it has to be like like sideways all of them well not subliminal but well you know what i mean like <laughs> i think i should turn left now <laughs> that's nice. i got a feeling about it <laughs> yeah no suggestions though see not- that's the thing that's what's hard is coming up with the actual impression yeah i have mm. to think about that <laughs> I suck. That's why I don't do impressions most of the time on the shows, because I uh, I suck at them. Well, I, I go on the other opposite direction. I just do as many bad ones as I can, and eventually I'll get on cold. You're like, I'll find one eventually. It'll work. I promise. Exactly. People will be too annoyed to listen to it, but, you know, it'll be there. <laughs> nah. And this being is- there is half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, one last thing is is we got to talk, well, or at least mention Beverly. You know, we don't know how bad okay, Beverly is, was is she yet. collaborating or just being a hoe bag? <laughs> Good sure question. She, both? Both? Yeah, okay. <laughs> she was hoe-laborating. Hoe-laboration. <laughs> I think you're right. Hoe-laborate. <laughs> I think you're right. I think she was... Who's this woman on the go? Hoe-laboration. <laughs> I think she was totally hooking up with him, and it it makes you wonder what part he was playing in the eventual, uh, you know, Beverly oh, scheme. Oh my god! No in, kidding. In this episode, she's like the the female version of Cavill. She's got the skeeve going on. Yeah. Oh, you are not kidding there, and oh, you are so right. Wow. She Cav. She Cav. <laughs> I don't think freaky. she's quite. Don't as ever say that again. <laughs> 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 she's going to chic havoc <laughs> that's funny i don't think she's quite as skeevy but but physically, she definitely but mentally, not yes. physically right but mentally absolutely that's just because yeah. she probably was right up until you actually saw him in person oh my god don't remind me of that dude oh <laughs> that was nasty see i'm um, betting that she's actually really nice yeah she's probably cool but you know, I, I suspect that, you know, here's this guy with this really, really powerful contraption that can change history. You know, I guess it's that's the kind of thing that attracts her. You know what I mean? Like literally in every sense. About I mean, about, yeah, right. but I mean, she's going to if there's <laughs> someone who has like a powerful it. device, she's going to show up. You know, she's going to be in the equation somehow. <laughs> powerful, powerful device. 
<laughs> Beverly's like, does that run on batteries? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a powerful device? Guess we'll just have to uh, hammer away later. <laughs> Do you remember um, in the beginning of the episode when Henry and uh, Kim are talking about Thailand? And it was Thailand, right? I don't know. Yeah. And she, she starts speaking in Thai. And I thought it was interesting that they, they. had... They start speaking in Thai. Sorry, Goose. And uh, that they had this conversation that w- it seemed really intense, like they had an intense memory. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I remember the hangover, but I don't remember much before that. Uh-huh. So, right. And, and I thought, I, I didn't realize in the beginning that... This guy's been punching that button <laughs> left and right. Well, in that when she says, I don't remember much before that, that she she wasn't insinuating, yeah, we got drunk and had sex and blah, 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 and, and I'm hazy because I was drunk. No, literally, she doesn't <laughs> remember. Later in the episode, when they get all past the innuendo, it's like, no, seriously, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> in your end. Actually, <laughs> and it's so funny because this is the kind of thing that you know what happened. Like if you had one of these things, either you don't use it at all or eventually you end up using it to like cover stupid little things, you know? Like I think it could be like a slippery slope. Exactly. Use yeah. it for something small and then go, oh, well, you know, I need the extra paycheck. So I'll just take this one research credit and, you know, See, and then it just goes from there. And then he's like, I, I, I'm, I'm lonely. And then <laughs> goes after the I think it's the other way around. I think what ends up happening is you use it for one big thing once thinking, yeah, it'll be this big thing and it's bad, but it'll make a huge difference. Right. And then eventually you end up using it to like get out of a parking ticket, you know, because it's just, it's just a hassle, you know, so when you're like, your screw diabolical it. scheme descends into mediocrity of not exactly. getting tickets. Yeah, you got it. You know what I mean? Like, then you just become a chode. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. I was less of a douche when I was being, you know, like miraculously <laughs> evil. Hell yeah, you know. Now I just don't pay for bread muffins. Yeah, you got it. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. You start out like changing the world with your thing, and then you end up like stealing a bran muffin, you know, because there hungry. were only 17 muffins on the tray. And it off. Yeah. What was he waving at her face? He's like, sorry, I forgot to activate it. What she said. So, Audrey, got anything to add as we wrap up here? You said slippery slope. Yes, I did. (laughs) 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 Oh, it reminds me of uh, Janeway in the holodeck. (laughs) You know when she starts like, oh yeah, right, manipulating that that Irish bartender that she has the hots for, and you know once she starts changing him and making him taller and more poetic and you know more thoughtful and contemplative and all this stuff, she's like, oh my god, I've got to stop myself. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed uh, going back and, and, you know, re-watching this for the first time again. And, uh, <laughs> Before you forget, Juan? I agree with Audra. Holographic hookers are fantastic. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next week with another episode. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.